You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. Okay, back again, talking about markets and their pullbacks. It's been going all year. I think it's kind of interesting. You know, the last meaningful drop we had was when, you know, two years ago, we were going to flatten the curve. Everybody's going to stay home for two weeks and we were going to, we were all going to be okay. And, but the market still dropped 30% in what, like six weeks and then bounced back. Here we are a week into March. And this drop that we've been experiencing here has gone on longer than the COVID slash and burn that we had two years ago. So it's been kind of interesting. As you get your February statement, you're going to see what I'm talking about. It is now two full months in a row of a full tilt market correction. Uh, We're recording this on the 7th and it went on today. But let's talk a little bit about where we left off last week. Last week, all major equity markets finished lower. Really, it was the fears of further escalation in the devastating Ukraine-Russia conflict that that have added to the previously existing monetary policy uncertainty and really gave investors pause last week. Energy has dominated all of the S&P 500 index sectors year-to-date, and it continued to roll as oil reached levels not seen since 2008. Western Europe's reliance on Russian energy and the strong U.S. dollar really drove international emerging market underperformance uh, based on the MSCI EFI and emerging market indices, essentially the indexes that are tracking emerging markets. And so let's talk about commodities for a minute because then I want to get on into how Russia doesn't matter. Now, of course, we're talking from an investment perspective. What Russia is doing is loathsome, but here we have as investors – we have the oh benefit of being myopic, right? As concerned citizens of the world, it's different. But as concerned investors, we are worried about a few things. But let's just touch first on crude oil because it surged more than 20% last week, reaching prices that we haven't seen since 2008 as Russia's attack on Ukraine caused traders to bid the commodity higher. Moreover, natural gas finished positive for the third straight week. And additionally, the major metals, gold, copper, silver, they all finished the week higher also. Meanwhile, wheat and corn prices surged double digits for the week due to fears of severe supply disruptions in Ukraine, which is a top global grain exporter. So all of that is is bad news, right? It's bad. And in fact, year to date, The worst performing index is the NASDAQ, down more than 15%, although the other indices aren't too far behind. Overall, it has been an ugly, ugly start to 2022. Okay, so we know that much, right? How much, though, does Russia really matter economically and financially? Now, like I said, there's more to this than just the the numbers, the economic numbers, the financial numbers. But And with all eyes on the war in Ukraine, we continue to pray for the safety of the Ukrainian people and the sovereignty of their nation. It, it really is a tough time to talk about economics and markets, but that's why we're here. On, that's why you're listening to this podcast. So let's continue to work our hardest to help 
you as an investor make the best possible decisions you can make during these kind of difficult and uncertain times. The first thing we're not going to do, though, is panic, right? We'll let other people panic. You're not going to panic. But I want to highlight three basic but important points. And the first is that the U.S. economy has negligible direct exposure to the Russian economy. Number two, second, the weakness in the Russian stock market has a minimal impact on the emerging markets indexed. So it's the just like there's an S&P 500, it's the emerging it's the index of emerging market stocks um, and Russia is very lightly represented in that index. And then third, some domestic sectors have more international exposure than others, which should be factored into sector allocation decisions given the rising recession risk coming in Europe. But first, let's focus on the direct impact of Russia and the United States economy, because the amount of trade between Russia and the United States is negligible. The U.S. imports almost nothing for, from Russia, or, or Ukraine for that matter. We estimate, though, that the percentage of revenue generated by S&P 500 companies in Russia is even lower still. And this doesn't dismiss the fact that high oil prices are going to take, the bite, take a bite out of consumer pocketbooks. There, there's no doubt about that. We will save that for a future podcast. I'm sure that's going to be a popular topic. Next, let's move on to number two and the impact of the collapse of the Russian equity market. And what does that mean? Well, it's going to the impact, frankly, is going to be minimal on the emerging market equities universe. The allocation to Russia from the emerging markets index is just short of one and a half percent, and therefore, really shouldn't dissuade investors from allocations into that asset class. In our view, uh, in fact, the MSCI plans to drop Russia from its indices, so it looks like that number may effectively go to zero here shortly. I've received a number of phone calls from clients of ours wanting to get out of their positions entirely. And I can tell you that for many, like the mutual funds that we use, gosh, they've been out of Russia much longer. They, they have an even smaller allocation in those emerging market mutual funds than the index actually does. In fact, one that we use regularly has less than a percent allocated to Russia. Now, for some of you, Less than 1% is still too much. It needs to be 0%, and I'm sure it will get there very shortly. Uh, but we are, the exposure, and the point is here that the exposure is so low. Europe overall, including Russia, Poland, Hungary, Turkey, and only makes up about 3% of the MSCI Emerging Market Index. And so that means that Asia, really China, Taiwan, India, Korea, those are going to continue to drive the direction of emerging market equities. And Russia's economic and financial hardship, just it's just not enough to be a reason to sell out of this asset class. Now, our emerging market equities position kind of remains neutral. Well, we're becoming increasingly cautious on the European equity markets with the international developed asset class, if you will. Now, the continent's heavy reliance on Russian energy exports is, is concerning, frankly. And in fact, Germany might be headed into a recession. For emerging markets, though, really the key risks remain China's economic slowdown and regulatory crackdown, as well as tightening monetary policy globally. So don't forget the markets of big commodity producers in the EM universe like Brazil, Saudi Arabia, and South Africa are all thriving right now in this environment with energy prices and oil prices shooting sky high. There are going to be the other, the, the other EM countries, emerging market countries, stand to benefit from this. Let's wrap this one up finally. That given the increasing risk of economic weakness throughout Europe, I want to highlight the sectors in the U.S. market that have the most international exposure. 
high energy costs sparked by the Russia-Ukraine war and subsequent sanctions introduced significant economic risk to Europe. And that could take some of the juice out of a potential round uh, rebound for the U.S. technology sector, which has really been beaten up. And the U.S. technology sector is the most global of all the S&P 500 sectors. Now, on the flip side, utilities are well insulated with virtually no exposure to international markets and are generally able to pass along their higher natural gas prices to consumers. So the the international revenue exposure by the S&P 500 sector, the highest is tech, next up is materials, the lowest two, real estate and utilities. So consider that it, it is certainly not time to panic, but it's probably time to do a gut check and see what you're really interested in investing in, what the effects of what's going on globally have on those investments. It is hard to say. I don't think anybody uh, maybe even a month ago thought that we were going to be, the world was going to be, especially the Ukrainians, we're going to be faced with what's going on now. And so it's entirely possible, I suppose, that this ends as fast as it started. Um, But there's no guarantee. And so as you can tell by the market performance, on top of concerns about rising interest rates, which we've covered over and over in this podcast, really there's some there's some worries that this could go on for a while and what the impact of that might be, particularly on inflation and, and oil prices. But as much as this is consuming all of our lives and all of our attention, Russia doesn't matter as much as you might think to the U.S. economy. I'm going to leave it there. If you have questions for us, for one of our advisors here, email us at info at Ford FG. My name is Brian Ullman. I look forward to talking to you in the next one. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.